Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Richard here, your favorite announcer, hearkening you to season six of the podcast. Fred, your principal reminder, asked me to remind you of a most pressing result of prayer. So to converse with God, Him who we daily design to glorify and serve, and whom we expect daily in some measure to enjoy, and fully and finally, ere it is long, is certainly throughout a way of pleasantness and peace. John Howe, a treatise of delighting in God, and tongue and pen and wit cannot express my joy. Samuel Rutherford the joy, peace, and comfort, in short, the abundant life which sustains the soul of the children of God is developed through daily conversation with Holy God. Let's join with Fred now as he reminds us to pray, pray, and pray. We are here, we are back in the paddock, and loving it, as we always do. We do appreciate you if you are giving us a listen. If you're new, welcome. If you are back for a listen, thank you very much for coming back. And we have been, at the start of this season, we did ask for more feedback. We were, we were hoping we, we could have more of a conversation and to make this more conversational than, than we have been in the last five years. So thank you for everyone who has contacted us. We are going to start um, answering some of those questions. And as long-timers will remember, there have been an episode or two when I've mentioned, to my surprise, that we have listeners all over the world now in other countries. And it's pretty amazing. And, and I say, even that anyone, when I mentioned other countries, I had no idea that would ever happen. In fact, I, I wasn't sure I would ever have any listeners outside of my family. But there is a hunger to learn how to pray and to, to make that habit of prayer. And we're going to talk about that even more and more as we go along. However, I never would have imagined that we would be in 57 countries all over the world. It's pretty amazing to me. And because we've asked for more interaction, I wanted to celebrate a couple of things a little more as well. And the first of those is just that. And in fact, I think in our third year, the country of Mauritius came on board, and they came on board. You guys came on board full steam. There was a point, and it's been diluted over time because, well, we have way more countries than we had when you first started. But there was a time when you guys in Mauritius were 5% of the audience of this podcast. And that's pretty amazing. And of course, the United States being 94% of that. And at that time you came on, everyone else was just 1% of that. And then, of course, since then, the overall impact on the podcast has come down a little bit as far as percentage is concerned. But that's only because we have so many more countries. And you are still second on the list of the countries that listen to this podcast. And we really appreciate that as well. If, if you guys have never heard of Mauritius before, you're in the same club that I was in. You're an island and a nation, and there's a lot of fascinating things. We're not going to get into those right at the moment, but it's amazing that you listen, and we appreciate that. We really do. And so if you are in the country of Mauritius, please feel free to contact us. 
You can give us comments or questions or even just tell us about yourself. Tell us about your country. I'd love to share that. And the the nature of prayer in your country as well. I found that over over this time as well that different countries have a little bit different of a flavor on their prayer lives, which is which is awesome. And the Lord listens to us all the same. If you listen on Spotify, you can reach us. There's a link there that you can put comments right in the the description of the podcast. Or you can go to our website, www.freerangepreacheronprayer.com, and you can do the same. There are two ways, either a voicemail or an email that you can send us there. Or you can email us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. And these are in the description as well if you want to use any of those. I would encourage you to check the website as well because we would love to hear from you. Now, we had Mauritius. That's the, the featured country this, this episode. But also, I just wanted to mention, uh, we would say give a shout out here in my country, Kenya. The country of Kenya, you guys have made the most significant move up the list. You guys have gained three three places, so we do thank you for that as well. So again, our first celebration is just all the places that we are heard in all around the world. The second celebration is I did want to thank everyone who has been sending in donations. They have been coming in, and I don't want to give you the idea that it's just been a flood of them. But it's been pretty steady over the last few weeks, and we appreciate that. And we will give you even more reason, perhaps, to, to donate in, in, the, in an episode or two coming up. But the very first person, I'm just going to call him Riverboat Mike. He's the first person that came on with a donation for us. And it was a generous donation as well. So thank you, Riverboat Mike. We, we do appreciate it. And he came on even before we began to offer the foundational blocks of biblical prayer. Mike donated, and he has received his beta version of the prayer journal. Now, the final versions are coming out in just a few days, so that will be great. He'll get one of those, and, and the other people who have, who have donated as well, they've received their journals as well. The beta version, then they'll get the new version as well. So I do look forward to hearing from you, Riverboat Mike. So I wanted to do Mike first before I got into anything else. But that is an awesome couple of celebrations that we have. Now we're back to our episodes, and it took us a minute to get back to our real-time issue. And that's what we're calling these some of these episodes we're going to do this year. And we are back to the, to the question, does God need our prayers? And we'll say, and I'll and I'll be able to share some of the conversations I've had with a couple of you later in that regard as well. So I do wanted to thank I do want to thank Linda who's commented and we've done a little bit back and forth, which has brought up some clarification and uh, some direction as far as whether God needs our prayers or not. Now we published a few days ago, if you're listening in real time, we published installment one. So if you haven't heard that yet, you might go back and listen because we gave some questions to ponder. But my hero in podcasting, one of the things he always says is, you are big boys and girls. He doesn't say that, but he does say, if you would like, you can begin in installment one. If you don't want to, you can keep on listening now. You make the choice. 
We're not here, as he says, from time to time to tell you what to do. Overall, our point is God does not need our prayers in the way we think of the term need. And we're going to show in the next few couple of weeks, biblically, why that is true. But better than that, what we are going to show is that all service, prayers included, but all our service dedicated to our Creator and Savior is a profound and eternal privilege and has its own rewards. Today, though, we wanted to start to give a little more background in our question, does God need our prayers? And we've talked about this before as well. We're laying the groundwork for our conclusion that he doesn't, but we need to lay the, to lay the groundwork because our desire is to remember the chief reason and the result of our prayers. The chief reason and result of our prayers is the glory of God. He gets the glory as he answers and as we accept his answers. And then the result as we draw close to him and he gets more glory because of our relationship with him and our enjoyment of him. And, and the chief reason, again, the very first reason we use Jonathan Edwards' terms there is the glory of God. That's why we do everything. That's why he does everything he did. And our point is our Christian lives are not supposed to focus on the answers to our prayers, but on the Father of lights from whom every good gift comes down from heaven to us in heaven and on earth, and everything that's good and necessary comes from him to us. And again, we did a ton of business, and so thank you for your patience on that. It is a privilege to serve God, no matter what our spiritual gifts are, and we have the privilege of ministering from the one who saved our souls. And again, we're laying the groundwork for our conclusion that God doesn't need our prayers. He actually doesn't need our service either, but it is a privilege. And our tagline, if you remember, is to help God's people to a growing, biblical, dynamic, sincere, soul-satisfying, and God-glorifying prayer life. And everything we want to do, we want to do biblically. Everything in our lives, we want to do that. And I feel that responsibility keenly as we come to these subjects about prayer. And that's why we're doing them. And if you'll remember, you may not remember, in the old King James Version, the way it phrases the verse we're going to look at in 2 Timothy is to rightly divide the Word of God. And that's our responsibility. It's actually all our responsibility. But if anyone dares to teach the Word of God, it's even more our responsibility. So I just want to look at two people. I want to look at Peter and Paul today. We're going to look at Paul first. In 2 Timothy, second chapter, 14 and 15, if you want to follow along, he says, Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is, which is useless, and leads to the ruin of the hearers. But be diligent to present yourselves as approved to God, as a, work, as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. 
And that's where the King James says, rightly dividing the word of God. And Paul is talking to Timothy. Obviously, he discipled him. He put him in the ministry. He put him in a place of responsibility. And he's telling them not to talk about nonsensical things, but to present the word of God as God has given it to us, handling it accurately. And Paul is asking, obviously, diligence from Timothy and empty chatter. He's going to say right after this that empty chatter leads to ungodliness. Brothers and sisters going astray and upsetting the whole congregation by our sloppy doctrine, which then leads to disunity as well. And like I said, Paul's not alone. People talk about kind of an, a rivalry between Paul and Peter, but there is none there. We are looking here in Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 19. And we, and so we have the prophetic word made more sure, and he's talking about the context of Jesus and the context of the Christian life, but we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as a lamp as shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises arises in your hearts. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. And you'll remember in the Old Testament, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And we can't be a lamp unto ourselves. We have to use the word of God as that lamp. And Peter and Paul warn us seriously that we need to be honest with the word of God. God revealed it to us. He's not kidding in his revelation of his word. And there are negative consequences when we don't rightly divide the word of God. And as I said, this is a heavy responsibility for me. It's a not a light thing to dare teach the Word of God. Many of you know that James warns against misusing the Word of God. And it's pretty interesting. A few years ago, I was making a joke to basically a worship pastor. And I told him, the Bible says we can't use guitars in church. And they looked, they gave me kind of a quizzical look, and I said, Psalm 37 says, do not fret. Now, if you're not in my culture, you may not know that we call the little metal things on a guitar that help you place your fingers. I think that's what they do. I don't know how to play the guitar, but we call them frets. And so I was making a joke, do not fret, you know, don't have frets, don't have guitars. And that might seem a little silly, but it's actually not. At the start of that, this ancient alien craze, at least in my culture, one of the things that I think the very first guy who did that, who started that whole thing, one of the very one of the things he did was take the book of Exodus and try to use Miriam's poem about the Exodus to prove, I think he used the King James Version as well. But anyway, he tried to prove that it was an alien spaceship that took Israel out of Israel, that took Israel away from Egypt. And the amazing thing about that is the description is in the book of Exodus. It describes in detail everything that happened every step of the way, and there's no spaceship. But because Miriam's song was poetic, 
he was able to take a couple lines out of there and try to prove biblically that aliens took Israel out of Egypt and not God. And I just want to throw another silly one in here for you as well. Because I ran across this a few years ago, I myself don't like raisins. And Hosea 3.1, it proves that raisins aren't biblical. And it reads, Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by her husband, yet an adulteress, even as the Lord loved the sons of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. And again, that's silly, but that is the way some people use the word of God. And, and we can't do that. We've got to rightly divide what God says. And obviously, the raisin cakes were used in a worship in that area at that time. So God makes, so God makes no judgment on raisin cakes or raisin there. So we have to be careful. And the subject of God needing us, it deeply affects changes and affects, changes our hearts, the glory of God, our humility, and our well-being as his children. So it has effects on us and it has affects on us. And if we hold the thought that he needs our prayer, we actually take glory from God. If we decide we want to do something unbiblical and we pray about it, or if we decide we want something that he doesn't want to give us, Remember in the New Testament, he says, if you're, he's not going to give you a snake when you ask for a loaf of bread. And I've mentioned before, I have asked for snakes and stones several times in my life. He's not going to give them to me because they are not good for me. They are not what I need. So we take glory away from God when we think he has to use us to answer, to make things happen in the world. It's not the way it works. And on top of that, we also may heap on ourselves responsibility, even if we think we're doing it in humility or true humility, we may give ourselves responsibilities that are not ours. We're going to see in the next installment that God tells us clearly he doesn't need us. And then after that, we're going to look at the blessings he gives when we do obey and we do serve him. There was, many years ago, there was a TV show in my country, television show. And in the show, it was a, uh, there was a, a machine, I think they call them uh, a Goldberg device. I think that's what they call them. But anyway, it's a bunch of levers and you, you put a ball in one end and it goes around and it, it's, it's like a maze and it, and it hits things and spin, spins things and it gets diverted to different tracks and goes around this whole machine. They're, they're pretty fun to watch. But in this episode, just real quickly, there was a man who thought he would listen to the radio, and every time, that's how old it was, he would listen to the radio, and every time he heard of a disaster somewhere in the world, he would look at his Goldberg machine, he would see what looked out of balance, and he would fix it. And it had been months that he had been in his apartment, he never went anywhere and never did anything, because he was afraid if he wasn't watching that machine, some disaster would come in and it would be awful. That's the kind of pressure we can put on ourselves if we think God needs our prayers. And we'll talk about this, how it came up again later as well. But he doesn't need our service. We are privileged to serve him. 
Our so what for today, then, is that we need to be careful and discerning about not only how we study the Word of God, but how we listen to people studying the Word of God. For the good of the body of Christ, we need to rightly divide the Word of God. For our own souls, we need to rightly divide the Word of God. And we have that responsibility, whether hearing or studying, to be diligent to understand the Word of God correctly, to rightly divide it, as our old buddy King James would say. And there's a reason the Christians in the book of Acts, I forgot to write down the reference. I'll put, try to put that in the notes. I'll try to remember. But in the book of Acts, there were a bunch of Christians in the, the, in the area of Berea, maybe the city, and they were called more noble-minded than the, Thess- than the Thessalonians because, if you'll remember, they diligently checked out everything Paul said to ensure that he was speaking truly the Word of God. I muddled that up a little bit, but our so what is we must be diligent in our study of the Word of God and discerning as to what we hear and what we read and the teachers that we listen to and what they tell us. Just because somebody says they are a Christian doesn't mean necessarily everything they say is the truth. And we can only discern that as we know the Word of God and as we know our Savior. Just real quickly, you know from what Paul says in the New Testament that everything is sanctified when we give thanks for it. So you can eat raisins if you want. I still won't, but you can but we need to listen to the Word of God and make sure we are conforming to it and not making it conform to us. We've had an episode or two on that, too, from Hebrews 4. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. We bow before you. We thank you that you have given us your Word, and we would ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. Move us in our hearts and our minds and our souls to give thee the glory that thou deserves. We bless you and we thank you that you have given us, you've opened the door for us to come and to talk to you. We even thank you that you use our prayers to bring about your will. But we thank you more, Lord Jesus, that you are the giver of the good gifts and not us. You are leading us in wisdom to our prayers. And as I I have prayed many times in this, take from us what is true and sincere and good and use those things, and anything else that is silly and unbiblical. Help us to forget. And we would even ask that you would forget that we asked for them as well. We bless you. We want to glorify you. We want to serve you. And then we want to spend eternity with you in thy presence, in the joy and the loving kindness that thou hast promised to all thy children. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you would teach us and bring these things to pass. Amen. We are dealing, beloved, with the God who tells us in Psalm 19 about his majestic word. I would encourage you to read that. He's revealed it to us. And he ends this his psalm this way, and this is what I would like to dedicate one another to today. Also, keep back thy servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgressions. That's the God we're called to. And I will pray that for you, 
if you would please pray that for me, that we would not be presumptuous in how we look at our relationship with God and the things he's called us to do. Brethren, let's pray for one another.